and welcome to episode 70, the big 7-0 of the Unraveling Technology podcast with me, Joe Tonks, David Johnson and Matthew Richards, our special guest today. Matthew, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good indeed. Thank you for joining us for what must be your fifth time on the Unraveling Technology. I think technology. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As, as anyone who's a, you know an avid listener can can probably guess if Matt's on we're probably going to be talking about video games yeah there, there's been occasions where I've not been on about video games and I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I've, sta- of- I've started saying no unless I know it's about video games <laughs> okay <laughs> well today you can fill your boots because we're here to talk about E3 2017 the Electronic e- Entertainment Expo um been both been keeping keeping track sort yeah. of trying to i've had way too much other things going on normally yeah, i like to sit one. and watch the full conferences but i've had to be making do with recap videos and summaries this year yeah See, i'm the other way around i normally watch just the recap videos because it's normally a load of marketing spiel that i can't be bothered with uh, whereas this time i've actually watched the microsoft one because it was on at like a reasonable time mm. it was reasonable ish yeah like was 10, it, 10, 10 till 12 yeah, until one, something like that. It was all right. So E3 2017, uh, first time to my knowledge that E3 has been open to the general public. Mm, no, last year as well, I'm pretty sure. You sure? Well, I think so. I feel... Mm. I feel like Matt might be right, but I... I yeah. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> might be then. Um, well, I, well, that destroys my point. <laughs> I was going to say... It's the first that, like, I was going to say, it's the first year that I think it's been open to the general public and it kind of shows in the way that they are um, doing things. So one thing that I've noticed, and for anyone who's not familiar with uh, E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, that's its name, it's uh, it's kind of like the big the big video game event mm. of the year, isn't it? It's where yeah, you the get all of... One, yeah. It's where all, uh, all the big ones sort of come together you've got sony microsoft nintendo and a bunch of uh, developers as well come together for one big show kind of big kind of trade show and it takes takes over about it's about a week isn't it four or five days yeah now typically and this is uh this is something that really shows it's kind of going for a bit of a consumer tilt this year is that it was at the weekend Hmm. So usually E3 will fall on a Monday. It'll start on a Monday anyway. Whereas we had the first conference for us, at least it was uh, EA's conference, and that was Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, it a, caught me by surprise. I didn't know it was. I, I was waiting for Monday for everything to start, and I was like, "What do you mean it's already on?" Ah, oh, busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually, the only one I can catch live is EA. So EA usually kick off the whole thing, and that's usually about starts what i don't know five o'clock ish or yeah. something our time i think you I've, I've had a couple of times where i've you know just got off work half an hour early so i can go home and catch the start of it but so uh, yeah that one's usually first um the one that you can catch uh, which is a shame because it's probably one of the ones you'd be less interested in yeah uh, a lot yeah. of it i don't know about this year but a lot of it tends to be like Here's the latest FIFA. Here's the latest Madden. From the from the catch up stuff I saw, yeah, mm-hmm. that seems to be it. So yeah, um, it's going to be very much a podcast of two halves, I think, or uh, two podcasts of a whole, if you like, because <laughs> we're uh, we're recording this on Monday. So although we've had half of the conferences and half the shows, there is still another half to come. 
And uh, so while we've had Microsoft, Bethesda, and uh, EA, we have not yet had Sony, Nintendo, or... Who, who are, who's the other one? There's like, there's some Ubisoft. PC conferences. Do Ubisoft do one? Ubisoft they used do to. One. I'm not sure if they've gotten this year. They mm. do. Um, although rumour has it that Aisha Taylor is not going to be oh. emceeing it. Right, okay then. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so well, as I was saying, kind of a push to get your average con- consumer through the door this year. Uh, a lot of stuff dedicated to YouTube creators mm. I've seen. I don't know if you've noticed that kind of uptick, but I've heard tell that in a lot of the booths on the show floor, they now have Twitch booths where you can kind of sit and live stream the games as you're playing them. Right. Trying right. Because okay. you know how it is with these these influencers. You yeah. need to influence. You need to got to influence. You know, it's it's in the blood. So they give them a little a little place where they can sit and do their broadcasting. Which is okay. uh, interesting. It makes sense. I'm not sure if it's. It feels like mm. sort of video game journalism is kind of dying off. Yeah. And mm. there's kind of a few big sites that are hanging on, and a lot of smaller sites that just have closed up shop. Yeah. And I would say hanging on as well. Yeah. Like, so there's definitely become... a lot of people probably go to the YouTube personalities that mm. they like to get opinions on games. So. It's all these probably smart, smart move. All these young kids watching YouTube personalities instead of, you know, like going to the games websites that we used to. Instead of going outside and chasing a hoop with a stick. (laughs) Waiting a month to buy a magazine. Yeah. Oh, man, they were the days. I've been a subscriber of Edge magazine for about, it has, it is over 10 years now. Wow. I'm surprised they're still going, to be honest. But at this point, it's kind of less about getting the news and more about just having... The, opi- the opinions of a quality establishment. Yeah. It's still quite lauded whenever Edge gives something a 10. Hmm. So when they give a game a 10, I think they've only done it for about 10 games as it goes. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's becoming a more crowded marketplace. You kind of have to be, have to be the loudest. And a lot yeah. of these YouTube personalities that I've seen over the last couple of days at the show, I don't recognize any of them. <laughs> I'm getting old. No, but, um, there's, there's not many I'd be able to pick out. Yeah. So first uh, conference was EA, as we say, that was on Saturday. It's about 8 p.m. A lot of sports games, quite front-heavy with the sports. Mm. So there was uh, FIFA 2018, the latest uh, iteration of the series. Um, It's interesting how you see a lot of sports games now pushing this kind of narrative bit as well. So conventionally, your sports games are, uh, well, you've you've got... two teams, you know, maybe one's AI controlled, maybe it's another human being, and that's about the long and short of it. And the biggest kind of story stuff that you'd have is like, I want to play a championship mode where I just, you know, play mm. against a whole bunch of different, start with a low team and build them up and take them up through the the uh, tables. Yeah, whereas, what was it? Was it is NBA it called- 2K16, maybe? Which was when... Spike Lee, the director Spike Lee came along and said, I'm going to tell a story in this, in this uh, <laughs> b- basketball game. And uh, it was kind of a, you know, a story about an up-and-coming up kid from the streets who becomes a, a basketball player. And I, I don't know much about it apart from, I think there might be a bit where you play basketball against a ghost. Anyway, FIFA are kind of doing that this year. Yeah. I think about... Um, they did it last year, I think. Um, yeah. 
It was kind yeah. of weird yeah. the way they did it, wasn't it? Because they had um, they had a lot of sound bites from famous footballers. Yeah, I think this year they introduced it into the NFL game as well. Like that's the first time they've done that with the NFL games. I wonder if it's because they're running out of things they can physically do with the engine. Yeah, well, they were... Because you have to kind of have a new pitch every year, don't you? Yeah. Like, oh, well, this time we've made it so that when they tackle someone, the you know, look of pain on the tackled person's face is that much, much I mean, more I, real or something. I mean, I don't play any of these games, so I'm probably the wrong audience. But, like, the the big thing they sort of went on about this time was, like, the, the dynamic crowd. The crowd looks so... Like, the atmosphere is great. Mm-hmm. Do people really care about that? Like, I, it probably adds to it in the very background, but... That's not really what you I want. I think my my mental vision of football games are just it's kind of more or less top down or yeah. side on. You see the pitch and the players, yeah. and not a lot of the crowd. Yeah, I also feel if you really want to play, like get that football playing experience, go play Rocket League. Like <laughs> it's like the most true to being having a kickabout with a football you can get in a video game. This isn't the platform for you to push your Rocket League agenda. I don't, I don't even I don't have a kickabout with a football that often, but I don't play Rocket League that often, but I actually feel like I get the same sort of I'm terrible at football feelings from Rocket League as I do actually kicking a ball about. Do you Doesn't feel like, matter whether you're using your feet or a car. Yeah, exactly. I'm not very good either way. So a Rocket League for anyone who's not played it is kind of it's essentially football with RC cars, isn't it? Yeah. Rocket-powered RC cars. Rocket for... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I missed out the key element there. It's in the name. Uh, So do do you feel that if you went and played a game of football now, you would be better informed about how to play football based on having played hours of Rocket League? No. No. uh, Because I'd still fall over my own feet. But I feel... I don't know. What if you were a car? It's like I actually feel like part of a team when I play Rocket League. And, like, you've got to get your car in the right place and, like, hit the ball just in the right place. Instead of, like... A button for an entire dude. Uh, I want to tackle, so go do the tackle. No, you have to like position yourself to tackle. Right, it's a bit like, more physical. Yeah, then. it's a bit more like you need to know where your position is on the pitch and be knowing how the team works and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a big thing with football, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of the the group dynamic, the camaraderie, yeah, that kind of thing. So you had a, a FIFA 18. There's NBA Live as well. It's got a bit of history that one. I think the impression that I get is that NBA is uh, the last few games haven't been great and that maybe they were going to take a rest from the franchise, but they're back. That was uh, EA. Uh, anything before we go any further, just to just to get a feel for it. Is there uh, what was your number one reveal from any of the shows so far? Um, mine was prob. Well, there was something that I was like looking forward to, like the new BioWare IP, mm-hmm. which I'm on the fence about having seen it. Um, and uh, the new Lord of the Rings game looks good. Like the the last one was pretty good, and this one looks good. Um, but actual reveals that I'm most excited for now are Ori and the Blind Forest. No, Ori and the Will of the, the, Wisps, Will of the Wisps, which is the sequel yeah. to Ori and the Blind Forest, which I didn't know was coming, and now I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the beginning of the trailer, going, "Oh, this looks like Ori and the Blind Forest. It might be good." Then convinced myself that it won't be good because Ori was so good. This is just going to be some sort of knockoff. Right. And then it was a sequel, and I was pretty happy. <laughs> All right. um, that and the new Wolfenstein. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, we were talking a bit about that upstairs. Um, I think, uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of, uh, lot of kind of sequels there then. No particular yeah, new nothing, IPs. Nothing new. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm looking forward to that hasn't been, like, we obviously we've still got shows to go. Mm. 
Um, and apparently there's an XCOM 2 announcement coming during right. the PC Gamer show. Okay. Uh, Again, another sequel. Yeah, but I don't know... But what... I suppose, yeah, you can't really get excited for something that you don't know exists. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I don't know what the XCOM 2 thing could be, because the last DLC was like six months ago, I, and you can get like a Game of the Year like complete edition. Oh, I don't, right, I don't okay. really know what it could be. They've kind of they've put yeah. a bow on it. They've they've done it. They've done yeah, that there, one. There's something coming because they've said it's coming, but I don't know what but it what is. What that something is, nobody mm. knows. David, any particular I, highlights? I like the look of a way out. Yes. Okay. So that was the EA conference, wasn't it? Yeah. That's um. Oh, what's the name of the team? Do you remember? I don't know what the team's called. It's um one of the guy behind Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons which was like a kind of Nordic folklore fairy tale kind of game. Yeah, mm-hmm. very sort of one of these ones that uses uses the medium of games in a good way to tell a story. In yeah. that, you had you got two joysticks on a controller and you use kind of the left side of the controller to control one of these two brothers and the right side to control another. And you have to do various... Yeah, things to act as a team. So, like one of the early things is you have to move this cart. So you have to get like one brother at the back and the other at the front and grab hold of the cart, and then the two of them can shift it together and stuff. And as the game progresses, you get sections where they get split up, or you know, one of them's not there or whatever, and it kind of you kind of feel like you're missing half of the, you know. Because you can only use half of the controller, and you feel like you're missing a connection there. It's clever. It was it was a well done, like relatively, relatively short couple of hours, but you very could get well in a, in a sitting. Yeah, I played it through a couple of times with people. Very well sitting. put together, good little game. Yeah, good game, good story. Quite a dark streak running through it. Yeah. Um, did you play it, Matt? I haven't. No. Okay. Put it on your radar. Yeah, I get it done before this one comes it's, out. It's probably in my library somewhere. I, yeah. I feel like I've seen it sitting there waiting for a friend to come and play it with me. Not to be confused with, oh, what's it called? There's S- another one that's almost exactly the same name. Super Brothers, <laughs> Sword and Sorcery. So no, it's um, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't remember. Some th- something with brother in the title. Uh, yeah. So there, where is that? It's it sounds like it would make a good kind of two-player game that's very much a single-player game where you control two characters yeah a way so. out looks like um it looks like a much more funded game mm. let's put it that way that the production values are a lot higher must be a bigger team the entire game plays in a kind of split screen mode now this is two-player so yeah. you've got one person controlling one character on one side and one the other on the other side there was an awful lot of hammering home the fact that it's designed to be played in co-op. In co-op. Well, from what I read, there's no, there's, it's only split screen, split, split screen <laughs> multiplayer. There's no individual like single player aspect. You yeah. have to, and it's and they didn't mention anything about online either. It's just split screen. I think I think, I think it is online. So you can either okay. have the two of you sat there on a you know, on a sofa next to each other playing the game on the same TV, or you can play over the internet, but it is very much a two people sat down playing the game together cooperatively. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. They really uh, narrowed their audience with just local. I yeah. thought that, but it was confusing messaging because I did think that as well, because there right. was the really the, the just 
continuing to mm. say it, this will only be playable split screen. And in my mind, I equate yeah. split screen with local because why would why would it be split screen online? Which is, and I know there is kind of there is that need for local multiplayer. Mm. So I think Halo Five didn't have local multiplayer, and everyone got very upset about it. Mm. Like couch co-op yeah. or couch competitive games are coming back in a big way. That um, what's the one we played with the Overcooked? Overcooked, yeah, brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be split screen regardless of whether you play it locally or online, okay. and you will you will always be able to see what the other person's doing. It will change the real estate of the screen depending on who's got the more important job. So if someone's observing, you might have their view on the left of them observing something, and on the right, the person's trying to do something. It's it's kind of a. It looks initially like a Prison Break game, but it quickly gets out of that and into more of a wider world thing. Yeah, they always look like they're on the run there. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got a kind of gangstery kind of look. Yeah, no, it looked interesting. Um, yeah. See what uh, see what happens with that. But yeah, I think one of the stumbling blocks will be when you're forcing people to play cooperatively. Uh, are people who don't have anyone to play with going to be left in the lurch? Hmm. Is it going to be AI controlled if it's just one player? I think That's... if you can if you can get you know somebody to actually come around and sit on the sofa and play it with you, do couch co-op, hmm. then that'll probably work quite well the you're gonna have to find like two people or if if you're really interested in this game and you've got nobody to play it with who's like able to come round, then you're gonna have to convince somebody to buy a copy as well and team up with you over the internet um it's thing i i like i really like the idea and mm. that kind of style of game and the playing not only playing it together but also playing it cooperatively um it just reminds me of things like there was a cooperative mode in portal 2 which loads of people thought was amazing and really good Uh, and i really like portal 2 but i've never played the cooperative mode because everybody i knew bought it on consoles and played the co-op mode on consoles and once you played it through once there wasn't a lot of point to playing it through a second time so if this and this feels quite sort of story driven and like maybe there's a couple of different ways to do stuff but ultimately you're kind of going through the same story beats yeah so doesn't look like there's a high score it doesn't look like a high score orientated game that would yeah it doesn't look like there's a lot of variation in what's going to happen so yeah you're gonna basically gonna have to get people paired up and if you if you don't fit into the pair because you can't find someone or because you're you know the guy that bought it on the PC rather than the PS4, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to end up getting left out. I imagine. Do you think there'll be any kind of cross-play, cross-compatibility? Uh, I know it's, they it's, didn't mention anything. No, but it does look like the sort of game that would lend itself to it. Yeah. So things like online shooters, you can see why you wouldn't have that because mm. you've got the disconnect between the people on keyboard and the people on controllers. Whereas this looks like something where you're playing cooperatively, so your choice of input shouldn't really affect yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how they, big Yeah, they didn't mention it. it. I would have thought that would be quite a key yeah, thing to bring up. Or true. like a, a selling point anyway. Yeah. So uh, then after, uh, any anything else from the EA conference that jumped out at anyone? Hmm. Hmm. Well, there was... Star Wars to finish off oh, with. There was yeah. a lot of Star Wars, yeah. A lot of Battlefront too, which uh, looks good. Lots of Darth Maul in it. Yeah. No Jar Jar. It, Perfect. 
<laughs> right. package it. It's, I mean, am I right in thinking there's a single player aspect, like component to this Yes, one? in fact, it's our story. Yes, in our story, they brought on the, the lead, uh, one of the lead characters to come and sort of introduce herself, and it was, it was all, it wasn't that bad. Actually, quite, quite a low amount of cringy moments, apart from the bit where the YouTubers teleprompt to stop working. <laughs> uh, no, generally quite, quite. Yeah, uh, it was, it was all right, considering they did um, it. Yeah. So uh, on to Microsoft. Mm -hmm. uh, they were yesterday. So that their conference started at 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. I took one for the team and stayed up to watch. Yeah, yeah me too, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Dedicated to the cause. So they, uh, Microsoft were plugging their streaming service a lot. So they, had, they acquired a, a company called Beam, mm. I think it is. And they've since changed the name to Mixer. And this, this is their streaming service. So whereas you've got Twitch or... You stream on PS4. Microsoft are push, pushing Mixer quite hard. In fact, they've got a thing where if you sign in to Mixer with your Xbox account and watch their streams, then you get some free goodies. And it's it's quite good stuff, actually. It's stuff like um, the the Rare Replay games. Okay, you get that okay. for free if you tune wow, in. Wow, okay, yeah, that's they've, pretty good. They've extended it to the week. So if anyone's listening who's got an Xbox, if you, if you log on to onto Microsoft's mixer and watch one of their shows throughout the week, then you you get this 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 bundle. It's pretty good. But yeah, the, the the point where I think they kind of were really pushing it was do you remember that game? There was a game that was advertised called the Darwin game. Yeah. The Darwin Project. Which was kind of an arena based shooter which they showed a couple of minutes for. And the whole time there was a guy over on the left-hand side stood there with a headphone on just screaming commentary over the whole thing. Yeah, I was trying to work out if they'd got him just to do the commentary or if he was somehow involved. <laughs> if he just kind of got past security and was... <laughs> yeah. He was just kind of at the side giving it his play-by-play -play in this very esports manner. Um, You've got to be very careful when you try and just... You try and big your game up as an esports game because... The, the market will very much determine yeah. whether your game is an eSports game. Evolve, the guys who made Left 4 mm. Dead, famously tried this... Uh, no, sorry, Turtle Rock, who made Evolve, yeah. with it, tried this a few years back, and it didn't really pan out for them. No, because not a single person bought that game. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's free to play now, isn't you it? You need at least four people. Yeah, uh, so uh, he came out, he was doing lots of shouting, and uh, there was a bit where he mentioned how you can... You could sort of, from Mixer, you could send items to the people in-game. Mm. So it's, it's not a new idea. I know that on, on PS4, there is an element of audience participation with Twitch already. So mm -hmm. there was a game called Daylight, I think it was called, where you could you could type scream into chat and there'd be a scream in-game you know, <laughs> to try and just add to the atmosphere. Or the, I think there was a similar thing with uh, Tomb Raider where... You could, I don't know, maybe give health packs or something like that. But the thing that remains to be seen with this is you're kind of in a Hunger Games-esque way. You're offering uh, care packages to people who are playing the game, which in my mind puts a bit of a skew on things. Because mm. if you're playing and then somebody suddenly gets a big health boost because someone threw $5 at Mixer and yeah. here you are. I mean, th there might be limitations on it. Let's hope so. But yeah, a lot of audience participation going on there. I uh, I would have said Microsoft's big like uh, 
not reveal because we all knew it was coming, but the the big thing they were pushing the most of the new Xbox. Mm. Um, Project Scorpio yeah. has been up until now. Well, now called oh, the, the Xbox, Xbox One, One X, X, which is a terrible <laughs> idea. It's like the Wii U all over again. Like you've got the way Xbox One X and then Xbox One S. Like grandparents across the country are going to get this wrong at Christmas. The the advantage here though is that games will be playable on all three. True. That's Whereas, one thing I had to keep reminding myself when they show these new games that look brilliant and amazing and graphically astounding. I had to remind myself that, you know, by hook or by crook, they're going to have to get these running on the original Xbox One as well. Mm. Because yeah, you so. don't want to fragment that market. I don't think they can afford to fragment no. the market because then I, you end up with a PC scenario. But yeah, I mean, they, they, they're always going to because otherwise it's not a, another Xbox. It's a sequel to the Xbox One. Maybe an Xbox Two. I don't know, um, but it, I guess it's the same with PC, the PC market. So you, it's the same game. You've just either upped or down the graphical options. Yeah, and if it can do what it can do for five hundred dollars, I think they said the price is. Mm. It sounds very good. They're talking about running games at native four K, which my graphics card can't do reliably, and that's a pretty good no, graphics yeah, card. I, I'd struggle. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, Xbox One, which almost, it sounds a bit like a palindrome Xbox One X. And in fact, I think kind of the plan is to get it acronymed down to Xbox. If you think about it, XBO, yeah. like One <laughs> X, Xbox. Because I think they've had a bit of a debacle with X1, everyone calling it the X-Bone. Yeah, so at least you knew what that was. Yes, yeah, like, where it's just Xbox. It's, I, I just can't help but think that like, the casual person looking in game going, uh Little Timmy wanted an Xbox. There's the Xbox One S, which is a little bit faster and is, is smaller. Great. There's the Xbox One X that's faster and smaller. That one's more expensive. I'll go with this cheap one. Like, so isn't, isn't the, the point of the One S was that it was a smaller console? It was a smaller version of the original Xbox, and the S stands for slim or small or like something. Like unofficially slim. But I don't think that was ever a Microsoft thing. But now they've made the Xbox One X, which is smaller still. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they say. And it also, I was surprised how strikingly similar it looks to an Xbox One S as well. Yeah. But Xbox One S and Xbox One X both have 4K Blu-ray drives in as well. Yeah, because mm. that was kind of the difference between the S and the normal Xbox One, was it could do the 4K playback, but only really for like uh, not DVDs living in the past uh, for <laughs> Blu-rays um, yeah but it, it's um, yeah it's, it looks I get, I get a, a, the suspicion that you'll be able to tell it when you've got an X uh, because it's set itself on fire because it overheats like <laughs> I, I can't see I, I really have you not can, read about the vapor chamber oh I don't know I can, I can, um, I can just see issues so this it. is a it's kind of a liquid cooled isn't it I think it's the first console well, that's it's uh, it's not it's not quite liquid cooling so much as it's like a, a sealed chamber mm. with vapor. Well, it's it's liquid that then takes on heat and transforms into gas and then goes and condenses and like trans- elsewhere within mm. the chamber and then gets pulled back down and turned back into liquid and then you know turns back into gas and go through a little cycle all within yeah, one contained like the water unit. cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. At a small level. Yes, it'll be 
interesting. To, I can't wait to see the benchmarks when they start yeah. coming out about performance. I mean, some of the stuff they showed, Forza 7, they said, here it is, 4K, 60 frames per second. Mm. I've got to wonder what kind of sacrifices you have to make to, to do that. Metro was a big one as well. Like, Metro is always a graphically demanding game, mm. like the, the, the previous two were, anyway. Um, but this one, yeah, it looks... Like, gr- visually, it looks really, really good. Yeah, so... Uh, Phil Spencer, so head of Xbox, came out and says they're going to announce about 40 games over the next two hours, and boy, did they. Yeah. It was pretty, because people always come away from E3 saying, oh, it was great, but where, where was the games? They need to show more games, whereas here they rattled off a list of about 40. Yeah, which I think were some of the, the criticisms of Microsoft of late. Like, um, PlayStation had their big, powerful console already. Microsoft were like, as oh, going to be more powerful. We'll show that off, which they did. But and the other side of that, where PlayStation's got a lot of exclusives, a lot of uh, either third-party or first-party exclusives, and Microsoft's been falling behind a little bit recently in the last couple of years. So what they need to do was show off their big console and all their exclusive games, and that's really what they focused on. I think they purposely choose to deliver a lot of obtuse, evasive wording when they're showing Mm. these games as well. So the phrase... Xbox One console launch exclusive. Yeah. There's a lot to pick apart there. Yeah. So it sounds on the face of it like, well, this is only coming to Xbox One and probably only mm-hmm. the new Xbox One. But uh, in truth, a lot of the, like they, they announced a game called, was it Black Desert? It's like an MMO. Yeah. That's been out on PC for a while already. Yes. There's, and I think there'll be a lot of that. A lot of the games that they're showing will be maybe timed exclusives for a while. Only on Xbox for the first three months. I did notice that some of them, uh, it said uh, Xbox One and Windows 10 exclusive. And you go, wait, does that mean all the ones you've not specifically mentioned Windows 10? I think if they don't announce that it's on Windows 10, it won't be a game that's delivered through the store, through the Windows store. Right. So I think the games will be on PC, whether it's in Steam or Uplay, whatever but they'll only announce specifically if it's for Windows 10, if it's on the store. Right. Is my sense. understanding. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're very careful about this kind of thing. Lots of marketing spiel. Awful yeah. lot. But actually, not a lot in this Not as much as usual, I mean, to be fair. Just because usually it would be game announced, bring out the lead developer, 10 minutes talking about how it's revolutionary, next game, 10 minutes with mm. the lead developer. Whereas this, it was just bam, bam, bam. Just a dizzying amount of games. Yeah. Some really good-looking ones as well. Yeah, like uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Sea of Thieves. The sea new, of Thieves, the new yeah. Rare game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of captured what Rare used to be. I feel like when Rare was good back in like the late nineties. So it's um, kind of a, it's like a swashbuckling cooperative adventure, open-world game where you you man a, a ship, a pirate ship, and you go around looking for buried treasure and fighting other ships. And yeah. it does look really Firing good. Firing yourself out of cannons on, yeah. onto other ships. Yeah. There is a game out on PC at the moment called Black Wake, which does a similar thing. It's mm. a bit jankier. It doesn't have quite the charm that the rare version yeah. does. But it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I was surprised how good that game looked. I know it was on the new Xbox One X, but like just like the actual ocean... Like, that looked yeah. really good. I did, especially when the waves kind of yeah. kicked in as well. Like, the other, otherwise, the graphics are a little bit sort of cartoony. Looks good, but cartoony. But, man, that water. Water tech. It's going <laughs> to be big. 
I want to start seeing more kind of, you know, volume, more water physics. But uh, I know that's probably a little bit harder than a nice shader. Mm. There was that game that was very much around water, wasn't there? I can't remember what it was called. Where you're in like a slowly sinking... um... Not the Titanic one. No. Mm. I don't remember remember what it was called. Oh, Hydrophobia. Hydrophobia. Yeah. That was it. And they like completely remade it or something because it was... Hydrophobia Prophecy. I think they remade it as... Yeah, that was... That was something. I think yeah. that was going to be the first episode of a big series, and I don't think they really got it off the ground. No. Mm. But that had water physics. <laughs> if you want water physics. So my standout was probably from the Microsoft conference, uh, just visually anyway, which was the last night. I thought you'd have been all over this, David. I so don't this know is... that it turned up in the uh, the summary that I watched. So it's kind of like a cyberpunk Blade Runner-esque looking game. Really nice 3D environments, Mm. but all the characters are sprites. Yeah, that did look really good. They didn't show any gameplay, but like the the actual video, uh, like the trailer looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was on, the concept was on Ichio in 2014. And now they're kind of, there's not a lot of details about it, but it it looked, looked really nice. Yeah. Minecraft continues to be big business. Mm-hmm. That's, so they, that's becoming 4K. 4K, yeah. great. That's a game that will benefit from it. Yeah. Although, that, they've got a new shader to make oh, it look really nice. It did look nice. Like, I'm not one for Minecraft, but yeah. Yeah, so lots of volumetric light mm. effects and really nice shadows. Yeah. Kind of um, looks like it's got a layer of post-processing pro- yeah, on top of it. I would have thought so. What I thought was really interesting when they were advertising this new Minecraft stuff was the cross-platform compatibility and that they actually showed a Nintendo Switch mm. in mm. like built-in in a Minecraft world because it's very, very rare, if at all, that a, a competitor is recognized in an E3 conference other than to slander them or say, yeah. look, our machine doesn't overheat, our machine well, doesn't require the internet. I guess it's because um, Minecraft sort of is bigger, like it's the biggest game, like... Mm. Microsoft bought it recently, but they'd be daft if they took it off other places. Like, you can play that game literally on anything. I suppose um, anything's a win, isn't it, if yeah. they can get that game on anything? So, I think that acquisition was probably longer ago than you think. It's probably three, four years mm, now. Probably. Mm. Oh, Minecraft. Uh, Player Unknown coming to consoles. Player yeah. Unknown's Battlegrounds. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. They had Mr. Player Unknown himself out on stage as well. Um, can I have my two minutes to talk about Player Unknown? Sure. I'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big, big fan. Big fan of this. So the every every match kind of starts. It's it's an online competitive game where you have a hundred people all thrown out of a plane at the start of the match onto a big island spanning a good few miles, and everyone sort of parachutes down to their own little space mm. and then it's just kind of a battle royale hunger you know, games hunger games the kind of fight till you're the last one left kind of thing it's very very good very very tense because a lot of games you play you, you you lose you wait five seconds you're back in not the case with this there's quite a lot of it, you get quite invested in it because you've got from waiting in the lobby for the match to start to parachuting down to running into houses to try and equip yourself to to hole up to defend against other people uh, it can be a good 10 minutes until you're kind of even into a fight or you can you could go 30 40 minutes without fighting in the game so and and you know if when you're out you don't come back so 
there's a lot you do feel quite invested in it so but anyway yeah coming to consoles which is interesting because it's not yet well coming to xbox at least but, uh, interesting because it's not yet in a fully finished state it's an early access game and they're quite badly optimized as well so if they can get it running on consoles good for them mm. anything else from the microsoft conference that, that jumped out there was a lot to get through yeah a lot of stuff. so many games um, I guess the only other big one for me, well, there's was it the Microsoft one that they were talking about Assassin's Creed, the new one? It was, yeah, actually. Mm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit drained of Assassin's Creed, but this one, this one, they've sort of abandoned the like Assassin's Creed was always like historical fiction with yeah. a little bit of magic, like some oh we found this thing, it's a bought like from the Garden of Eden or something daft, it's like some alien. It's a very confused. Device series yeah um but the uh, at its best it was always sort of historical fiction you're walking around like renaissance italy and it was great mm. whereas this i've just gone ancient egypt with monsters yeah um it's very varied as well yeah i mean it's probably going to be a good game it's just i'm not i don't know who's still who's still in the market for an assassin's creed game i played the last one yeah uh, which was set in Victorian England. Mm. That was really good. Oh, had a great okay. time with that. that I think the, the problem is it is an awful lot of exactly the same thing over and over again. Was that the Assassin's one the grappling Creed. hook? Like Batman? Yeah. yeah. So it seems like they're slowly they're adding more motion, yeah. more, more, uh, more ways to get around. So in this one, you've got an eagle, haven't you? So you can say to your eagle, hey, eagle, be my eyes, and it'll float over in kind of in the same way that a drone would in... Yeah. Ghost Recon. That was exactly what it was. Yeah, you're marking guys, and it comes up on your hood. I think they're just kind of forcing all of their franchises <laughs> together. Yeah. Really. They've all got the same kind of thing going on. Yeah. Well, that's the Ubisoft way. Yeah, the, the like Ubisoft to, template. And people you have to go definitely... climb a tower and unlock a bit of your map, and then you have to go do the things around the tower and then rinse and repeat. It does feel like a bit of busy work, yeah. Yeah. Um a yeah. Life is Strange. Have either of you played that? No, uh, not played no the first one. I need to. It's on my list. Yeah. Like, I have it in my Steam library. It is one <laughs> of several things that I have in my Steam library that I've not played yet. A big old list. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they're doing uh, not Don't Nod. So Don't Nod are the people that make Life is Strange. Uh, but th- this is kind of another company who are doing an interim game until the second one comes out because they're doing a second okay. one, of course. So yeah, that was um, that was that was pretty much the Microsoft one. Uh, I guess the the last thing would be the new Bioware game at the end, Anthem. Yeah, so which... Anthem was teased in the EA show, and then they showed a load of footage in the Microsoft show. It's uh, mm. yeah, it's it's just. There's the, you kind of have your separate sa- uh, categories of games. So you've got your your zombie games. You've got your um, post-apocalypse kind of survival games you've got your space marine yeah rpg kind of games and that's what this is it looks like another destiny it looks like another halo yeah very much in that sort of destiny vibe yeah initially i'm not not yeah it's not what i go in for for me bioware games yeah um yeah it's I i just don't have anything really to say about it yeah, exactly. it looks it's nice a, enough. Yeah, like, it, it was like it was the one at the end of the show, like their big sort of like ooh Bioware, and uh, just there's just a bit, uh, of, bit of fatigue about that whole kind of genre. 
Yeah. Whereas if they come out and gone, I know, you know, we've made like a classic role playing game with some like, you know, the stuff we're good, well, mainly good at, which is like characters and story and such. People had been all over that. People would have loved it. But yeah. no, we got a destiny. Right. Speaking of uh, companies that make RPGs, did you catch any of the Bethesda? conference only catch up because it was on at ridiculous clock in the morning yeah so bethesda the minds behind the new sort of elder scrolls and Mm. and fallout games were there quite a short show i think it was about 30 minutes okay Uh, a good third of which was dedicated to something they've tried before and they've courted controversy about and that's paid mods mm-hmm. although they're not calling it paid mods because you can still get mods for free this is uh what they call it, the creators kit creators something but it's essentially a lot of first party stuff and then there is going to be m- members of the modding community but all the stuff is going to be like proper like tested from bethesda's internal testing teams to make sure it works and it's going to be official content so it's not just going to be someone's uploading their entire mod library and then asking for money it's going to be stuff that's been submitted to bethesda or worked with bethesda to try and get it sorted probably good yeah that's that's a better way of doing it they've definitely struggled with this before did they give any examples of the sort of thing they mentioned a lot of stuff um some a lot of what they mentioned was cosmetic stuff um, a lot of what they showed was cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Um, but they also mentioned new like gameplay features and how the game runs. They didn't really show any of that, but I guess it's harder to show it in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Where to go, oh, look, there's a new crab. Yeah, was, that's, uh, that's what's in my yeah, mind, the <laughs> yeah. crab. Um, that was like a very obvious, like, oh, yeah, there's a crab. Whereas when they go, oh, sure the sword is. works a little bit differently, that's harder to do i guess it's yeah cause last time they tried this they had people uploading content that wasn't their own mm. uh, stuff that would crash the game there was just no real curation at all about it and everybody hated it and thought it was a terrible idea so yeah for them to go in and quality test things and to make sure yeah. no one's stealing Which content is definitely I, I think necessary people would be more happy to spend their money if they go well where's this like this guy's made it for free why you get money go well we've tested it and we know it works Fair enough. Fine. Uh, that seems great to me. I have a bunch of mods that we know definitely work without issues, and it's going to be like supported by the developer of the game. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Do you remember about 10 years ago when everybody laughed their socks off that they'd released that horse armor? So yeah. That, that was the beginning of downloadable content, mm, DLC, really. We should have nipped it in the bud right then and there. <laughs> yeah. The argument is... Yes, it was ridiculous that they were selling you armor to put on a horse and charging, I think, quite a lot of money to yeah. do so. I think it was 200 Microsoft points and 500 Microsoft points would set you back about four or five quid. So mm. you're looking at a couple of quid, I think. Yeah. And horses, I don't think... They didn't need the armor. They didn't. They People don't really fight on horseback yeah. that much. But yeah, it was a silly idea. the argument was that Nobody's really done that whole idea mm. of selling little bits of content to people for, you know, yeah, they a, get away a few with it pounds. Now, no problem. Yeah. Like if they just introduced, nobody, yeah. They were just trying stuff and seeing what is there a market for. Mm. And there was not a market for horse armor, it turned <laughs> out. <laughs> but it paved the way. Mm-hmm. 
So now I can go on to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and I could, you know, pay 15p for a nice hat to wear while I'm running around the island if I was so inclined. Yeah, so that was the Bethesda one. I don't think a lot else came out about it. Um, play, um, Fallout 4 in VR. Mm. I, I don't think enough people have adopted VR, really, for that to gain oh. any traction. Just going back a little bit, because I was surprised that with Microsoft's new Super 4K console, yeah. no VR was mentioned. Yeah. I was definitely expecting them to go, oh, you know Oculus? Well, that works. There was definitely mention of an Oculus partnership at some point, wasn't there? Like, it would have been... I think that would have been ideal. Like, that would have really, like, beaten Sony if you want to jump on the hype train of who's going to beat who in <laughs> yeah. there. Although they've done quite well. I think they've got a million mm. units sold now for PSVR. Wow. Which is respectable considering it costs about as much, if not more, than another console would. Yeah. The only other show to mention really is uh, Devolver Digital. Have you ever read anything about that or seen anything about it? No. No, I tried to look for summary videos and it doesn't seem like anybody's really... It's very hard to uh, summarize. <laughs> it really is. Right. It's kind of... Um, it was basically uh, satirical of uh, of E3 conferences. So it was people... They, the, first of all, they came out and announced two games that weren't real. So two <laughs> games that had been made... Pre, like especially for this event, I think you can get on itch.io. Um, there's bits where they were telling the audience to shut up. Uh, there were heads exploding, blood splattering everywhere. Um, it's, it was very Devolver Digital. So Devolver Digital, I think they can probably lend a good portion of their success to their backing of Hotline Miami. I think that's what they're mm. kind of known for is Hotline Miami. And this was very much embracing that whole shtick. I don't think anyone knew at any point whether the conference had actually started, what was pre-show, what was after-show. I think it could still be going on right now, <laughs> for all we know. So uh, depending on how you looked at it, it was either brilliantly satirical or kind of painfully unfunny. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they do publish some pretty crazy games, so I think they're, they're challenging. In the same way they publish challenging games, they were challenging E3 conventions and norms. Okay. Mm. So what have we got left? We've got Nintendo. They're doing a 30-minute at some point yeah. in the next couple of days. We've got Sony. Any thoughts on what could be announced in these conferences that are still to come? Um, there's probably going to be some Mario stuff in the like the, that Mario open world. Not open world, but... Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's it. Bit of Odyssey. Um, I don't know if they'll announce anything new. No. I think... I think they do. It would be in their best interest. I think they've got some real momentum at the moment. I, I, I gather the Switch is doing very well for itself. Mm. Yeah, I think um, they'll probably focus on the Mario because that's their next big one. Yeah. Have you heard about the theme park? Yeah, I, th I think I saw a photo of. Mm. So is it is it Universal Studios? I think maybe in the uh, in the US. I'm not sure. I know it's it's still a couple of years off. Sort of 2020 time. Other thing that Sony might bring out more news on is um, Death Stranding, the new Hideo Kojima game. That'll be good to see. Apparently, they're doing a gold PS4 as well. Yeah, that's that's US only. Oh. Europe gets a silver one. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's what everybody's been asking for, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And it, there's speculation on Polygon that maybe. With VR doing well, and they might might maybe look at a, a price drop. 
mm. you know, to probably yeah. get more sales. And that's what you want. You want to get it into homes. You want to... Well, exactly. That was always going to be the problem with VR. Like, I think Oculus nailed the technology. Yeah. Um, but it, the, the price barrier was quite significant. Yeah. Um, and the like on the PC side, it was, you know, having a PC that could actually do it as well. Yes. Uh, whereas PlayStation has really opened that up. Well done to them. Yeah, little round of applause for, <laughs> for Sony. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll report back next week with mm-hmm. any uh, any anything that really jumps out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, I think that's all I've got to say on E3 uh, for the time being, at least. Stay tuned. Um, I, d- I didn't really have a look that hard for a Kickstarter this week, but I will. I will just bring to your attention the floating grill, which you might be able to infer from the name what it is but here you go just uh so you're aware i'll just put that on put we'll put that on the podcast as well it's a grill that floats again something that everybody's been asking for uh-huh is so, that so you don't set your boat on fire i don't understand the market uh yeah i mean i'm not sure who's thinking <laughs> well i mean grills are fine and everything but i can't really have them in the water presumably when you're floating in your like in a tube and you know, rocking gently backwards and forwards on the lake, on the waves on the lake. Yeah. You just want to reach over to the side mm-hmm. and flip some sausages over. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's $112 for the early bird float and grill. Ooh, and, that's uh, not a lot. It's worth mentioning that the float and grill is only the floating base as well. The actual oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I'd want my price point a little bit higher for something that I might be bobbing about in the water with <laughs> an entire grill falls on me. Some ideas for it. So a user on the river, <laughs> take it to the sandbar, use it while fishing. And uh, they're still in the planning and design phase, but uh, they're looking at bringing uh, cup holders, utility holders, spice rack, sauce rack, um, power outlets. I think I'm joking. I'm joking. You might not be. Like, this thing is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's, it's like a plastic injected. It uses rare earth magnets to keep the grill attached to the floating base. Wait, sorry, rare earth magnets. Yeah, not just, the, your, not like just the, your normal. Those are three words. I don't know what the combined meaning is. The rare earth it means magnets. expensive and good magnets. I could have said neodymium magnets, but yeah. that would have probably just made you more incredulous. No, I would have accepted that as maybe a scientific thing. Whereas yeah. rare earth, I'd not heard that. The thing that I like most about this is the safety section. <laughs> a few things you need to mention for yourself and others' safety. The float and grill is not to be used as a life-saving flotation <laughs> device. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... You just pretty... imagine somebody grabbing hold of it and it's... <laughs> yeah, you're going to decide between burning or drowning. <laughs> yeah. Still between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> yeah, so it can support a few bits of meat it cannot support a human being. Only use the floating grill in water where you can touch the bottom. Like a river. Is that so that you can <laughs> swim down and pick up the grill when it capsizes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where floating grill has been tested in rigorous water conditions. While its center of gravity is very low, we don't recommend taking the grill through water rapids. <laughs> What take if I want to grill while whitewater rapid? Or take it to your local pool with one of them wave pools. My, <laughs> my grill's not working. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's when you get hungriest, doesn't it? When you're sort mm. of doing, you're yeah. exerting yourself. Although I mean, if I'd you eat we- the grill, then you've got to get out because you, you can't swim an hour after eating. So That's a good point. 
They, they do fail to mention <laughs> that here. Uh, the float and grill has been tested in the ocean. It's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there somewhere. Yeah. Someone's had a bad time. And then just, you know, sm- there are small objects like screws and magnets. Uh, keep away from small children. Can you imagine there's two people making that thing? There's one guy who's the investor and inventor, and the other guy is like a lackey who does all the testing, and every time he comes back to the office, he's got more bandages on. Like, didn't work. <laughs> yeah. no, not in the sea. What else can we try? What have we missed? Have, we, have you tried rare, rare earth magnets yet? <laughs> yes, so that's the, that's the floating grill. I mean, my main problem with it is um, we had some nice weather recently. So we went to get one of those charcoal grills. Mm-hmm. I sent David a picture as I was cooking it. I was really pleased with myself. But it just kind of petered out. I followed the instructions to the letter. It petered out. We had to finish it in the oven. And I thought, oh. I mean, if I can't even operate a charcoal grill properly, what are the chances that it's going to go any better floating in the middle of water? <laughs> you turn around, it's bobbed away. Like, yeah, does, it's does it have a little anchor? Horizon. <laughs> Seagulls all over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, that's the floating grill. Uh, currently, uh, five hundred and sixty-two pledged of its two hundred thousand uh, dollar goal. Uh, Fifty-nine days to go, though, so early days. Right, uh, we're done. Thank you for joining us, Matt. It's all right. You're welcome. Thank you for David. Thank you too, David. Is this the new, all right? New PC <laughs> treating you well? Uh, probably. I've still yet to launch anything that's not Windows. Yeah, so we, we did David's uh, PC. Uh, a lot of care and attention taken to it, the, especially the, the looping of the power cables. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, a lot more care than I took with mine. Uh, yeah, it looks last good. time I, did, I didn't get a very good power supply because I'd run out of money by that point, so it's just got a bunch of cables in the back that have got nowhere to go, so they're sort of just in the way. Oh, they're not, they're not like properly cable tied to anything. They are all round in the back. It's just they're round in the back, so you can't see them kind mm. of oh, looping their way all around the insides. I mean, it's as good as you're going to get. I can't really see how you're going to organize those cables better. No. Give us, tell us about the boot times. I'm pressing the power button. How long until you're on that desktop ready to ready to play Minesweeper? It's probably like, I don't know, 20 seconds. It's difficult to tell because I've got a password on it, which I have to type in. Oh, yeah, true. Um, you could probably yeah. shave a good few seconds off by changing it to something in the BIOS, stop it reporting post and stuff like that. Compared to my old computer, which would boot into Windows, but then basically wouldn't be usable for probably about... 15 minutes mm. while it synced the Google Drive and so on and just did whatever it's doing. Whatever these computers do. So, yeah, it's it's a big improvement on that front. That's great. That's really good. And, uh, yeah, well, I look forward to hearing about how... Uh, how when, you, when you ordered the PC, you were saying about how you've got this amazing graphics card and now the rest of the computer's the weak link. So you've junked the old PC, you've got the new one, so you're back in a position where your graphics card's the weakest link again. Yeah, This is how they get you. It you is. You just buy an Xbox One X, <laughs> Scorpio, whatever. Leave it at that. Okay, right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please do send us an email if you'd like to discuss anything E3-related or tech-related. Uh, at uh, podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or send us a tweet at unravelingtech and hit up the blog which is at unravelling.technology and drop us a review 
on iTunes. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.